Chick Fix. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm AJ Knox. We watch Chick Flicks and rom-coms and decide if they need fixing. Can we make them better or can we make them weird? This week we're talking about A Christmas Prince from 2017. It's directed by Alex Zam and written by Karen Shaler and Nate Atkins. And it stars Rose McIver and Ben Lamb. So, uh, Alex Zam directed the Care Top movie Chairman of the Board. I feel like no. it's just not there. Uh, he's directed a bunch of TV movies and direct-to-video movies and sequels. And it's so funny. In 2014, he directed A Royal Christmas, where Lacey Chabert is a Philadelphia seamstress dating the Prince of Cordinia. Uh, Karen oh, Shaler oh has also God. written Every Day is Christmas. Christmas Camp and Rediscovering Christmas, plus, kind of left turn, two documentaries with the amazing titles A World Away Utahns in Bosnia and Arizonans in Afghanistan. What? I I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I'm just so, so weird. Also, like, there is just, this is not news to anybody who watches Hallmark, but, like, there is just this cottage industry of like media, like I, I'm sorry, Karen Shaler and Nathan Atkins, but there is a cottage industry of mediocre scriptwriters just churning out bad Christmas movies, and I'm like, I want in. I love when people do those big, just like collages of like, hey, it's a Christmas movie with a man and a woman dressed in red and green. Oh my god, it's <laughs> and, insane! And all kinds of you know trope jokes and like you know big city businesswoman. Has to go back to save the Christmas cane farm oh, or something. God. Yeah, I mean we're not we're not going to crib this from Pop Culture Happy Hour, but Pop Culture Happy Hour used to do a uh, multiple choice Hallmark Christmas movie <laughs> quiz where <laughs> one of the hosts would uh, say the title and then rattle off four different plots, and you had to pick which one. They were all one hundred percent plausible. Even the most ludicrous, Absolutely. ridiculous plots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's funny is that, because, you know, we, we did A Night Before Christmas last year. And, like, cause some of them are, you know, not just, you know, they're, they can be mediocre in a good way and they can be mediocre in a bad way. Yeah. You know? Again, like, you can have good fries and bad and fries. I, I can't remember what my score was, but I, I remember vaguely enjoying a night but i think i i think i unironically really actually gave that a high score yeah i think i think you me and <laughs> kathy gave it a high score because it was just like it was a good movie yeah, it was ridiculous it, was it did what it set out so to do awful, it made us so happy. charming and also certain rapid fire christmas movies give way to sequels because they're ridiculous like i would watch uh, a night after christmas oh uh, the sequel i get and yes this has a, a Christmas Prince to the Royal Wedding and Three Royal Baby, oh, I think. Oh, it's a whole series. Yep. Oh, no. Um, had you Had you seen this before? No, I had not. I mean, if I have... Okay, I will say, Emily, the, the princess um, who's in the wheelchair, who has spina bifida, I, like, remembered her. But I don't think I've ever seen this movie. So it must have been on in the background or I must have seen a trailer or something. Mm -hmm. But like everything else about this movie is so 
straight out of a uh, cut and paste, you know, paid by numbers type of thing that I was like, I kind of remembered Emily because she kind of, she does stand out, not just because she's, you know, uh, in a wheelchair, but also, you know, she's a fun character, but like everyone is. else is so generic. And I feel like Emily is somehow, I don't know, like she's, she's sort of transplanted in from something more like the secret garden. Like you want her to be yes bitchier right because she's this like you want her to be not even not even like bitchy evil you just i I want her to be like acerbic and just like at odds with everything because you you get hints of that but not really right right and here's i'm gonna sort of because i hadn't seen this before either and i will say that so my my dad passed away in september and I've been sort of joking, sort of not, just been like, suddenly dead dads haunt me in mm-hmm. in all forms of, of, you know, media. And it is definitely one of those things like, you know, you buy a yellow car and suddenly all you see are yellow cars. Obviously, like I'm, see, I'm yes. sensitive to it. But it's also like it appears in the most random forms of media. And – but it mm-hmm. made – it really made me think about it because here – you know, because at first you're like, oh, yeah, the king died. That's like a thing. But then you have a child, this kid. I mean, she's like, what, 11 or something? She's max 11, 12, yeah. I think. Say maybe 13, but I don't think so. So 11-ish. She lost her dad. And I'm like, do we do we believe in do we talk about therapy do we? here? Is there like a royal therapist of some kind like yeah. oh yeah no she's scared off all her not nannies tutors governesses which is absolutely a trope but also like mm-hmm. is she hurting maybe because also like you know i'm i was 38 when my dad died and this prince who's like maybe 30 probably younger probably also needed someone to talk to and like he's being hounded by the paparazzi i will say spoiler I do also like the trope of like, oh, he's pretending to be a playboy so people won't harass him about all his good deeds. I think that's cute. But yeah. it's like, do we – everybody's just like stiff upper lip. Let's not talk about this. And I'm like, sure, in public. But in private, are we going to acknowledge that the, the, this is not just like the king, a figurehead, has died, long live the prince. He was a dad to, in this case, also a very young child. And it's just because mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely get that, you know, she has spina bifida and her mom. And also we find out later that she was also like a surprise miracle late in life baby to a woman who thought that she was infertile. Also, side note, I'm already way into this movie when they're like, oh, I found out a month <laughs> after we got married that I couldn't have children. I was like, oh, no, no. A future queen will have been checked ahead of time. Also, yeah. how would you find that out? A month in, because you wouldn't have been doing stuff long enough to worry that you're not getting pregnant, and you wouldn't be checked by that point. It's like, did you? Yeah. Did you get a case of, you know, virulent gonorrhea or chlamydia between the wedding and the anyway? But so she's this miracle baby, and her mother is. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> a Christmas gonorrhea. A Christmas chlamydia. It's a chlamydia miracle. <laughs> Anyway, you know, and her mother is very, very protective of her and treats her like she's made of glass, which is also, you know, trope. It's just like the mom is worried. I get it. Fine. But then you're like, so wouldn't she then care about the inside 
of her poor daughter, right? It's like they haven't talked mm-hmm. about it. It's like it comes up in little drips and drabs. And even if, you know, the queen obviously is grieving because that's sad. But it's it's like they – it's like the dad's death only matters when it's necessary for a scene. And in between that, it's like, well, you yeah. know, no big deal. Every now and then the feelings well, will come. You know, and it's just... To be fair, Juliet, it's like most of the stuff in this movie doesn't matter unless it's there in a scene. <laughs> okay, but... It's a pretty... It's it's Teflon, <laughs> I know. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's interesting because it's... And it, this is very much, you know, a trope in a lot of these movies. Um, weren't both her parents dead in A Night Before Christmas? She'd lost them. Oh, gosh. Something, something. You know what I mean? Like, like I, yeah. You do need, like, pain and darkness... But I think the element of this kid makes it more sort of obvious or clear that like, hey, this isn't just, you know, this isn't the dad that you never mm-hmm. knew died and turned out to be the king, you know, or a prince. Mm-hmm. It really, really bugged me when, what's her face? I can't remember the character's names. Our, our journalist, Nanny Lady, when she's like, oh, I wasn't thinking poor little rich girl. I was thinking poor brave little girl and i'm like that's worse don't you know that would annoy me even more if i were emily but like that it's always like oh no i you know i'm not i'm not a good tutor because i don't know about math and never like how can how how can i with no training and no preparation be there for this very sad little girl who also has to be sad in public right like i'm ugh. Anyway, AJ, what is this movie about? Okay. So, a <laughs> now, Christmas now that prince. I've put a lot of serious feelings in psychology in the first 10 minutes of this. Yeah, and and uh, you know, in the in the interest of, of full transparency, I'm also dealing with some family issues as well. And uh I just I just ignored the parts of this movie that were <laughs> and I found it even if I just ignored them and pretended like they didn't exist, it didn't change the movie mm-hmm. at all. I missed nothing. This is one of those movies where lit- the the main conflict, and we'll get into what it's about, but like one of the main conflicts of the movie is whether he, whether the prince, the the titular Christmas prince, will abdicate the throne because he doesn't want to be king, or will he step up and do his duties? And I will tell you. I watched it last night and have already forgotten what actually if he happens. Takes the throne or not? What's What's <laughs> so funny about that part is that like this whole thing of of it's not interim. I forget what they call it, but like interim crowny thing. That's that's yeah. only that's a thing, but it's a thing like it's the period between one region and the ne- the next. But you become king basically right away the crowning is a ceremony it's not like you know a, it's, yeah. it's not like a wedding where you're not married until you've said the thing and signed the thing yeah it's not like the country doesn't have a king so that this like invented doesn't have a ruler this invented thing of like oh he has to do it he has a year to do it and then you're like somewhere in the middle i'm like wait that also means that the dad died on christmas because he has to do it by christmas eve and there's this whole thing like oh it oh, has to, it has to be christmas and then the crown has the queen has to be there to say yes and it's like what if the queen's dead that's a very weird rule anyway but it's like so the dad died on christmas wait a minute yes dad is the santa claus 
from the original The Santa Claus oh, starring no. Tim Allen. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only Christmas movie I can think of. I mean, aside from Die Hard that has like a death in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe his dad was Hans Gruber. Well, people, somebody dies in love, actually. They bury a mom oh, right, right at the beginning. Anyway, my point is the dad died on Christmas, and apparently all kings have to die on Christmas because he always has to be on the throne by Christmas. Anyway, and it's like, okay, so we're leading up to Christmas, which is this huge, like, family holiday, and we're not going to talk about, like, hey, which this is really just, like, in a parlor. It's not even, like, the lavish, like, no, no, but like, it's like, throw all the money at it. Are, are we not going to, like, it's like, oh, it's sad. Oh, he made this ornament for me. I'm like, dude, Christmas. A lot of people who have yeah. lost people even around the holidays are like, yeah, it was kind of hard to enjoy that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, next year, we got a, we got a love plot to solve and a crowning to make happen. So, yeah. <laughs> so, a Christmas prince. Um, Rose McIver uh, is... Not MacGyver, our... but MacIver. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Oh, I just made it mind, weird in my head. She's making. She's making it. Yeah, in my mind, she's like making all her journalism journalism tools out of paper clips and mm-hmm. and chewing gum. Rose McIver is, uh, and I think this should just be the center square in all rom com bingos. She is a journalist mm-hmm. who is sent on an assignment to cover the prince. Of Al, what's it called? I can't remember the name. Albania? Aldonia? No, that's a real place. Aldonia. And I love how it's always like, you know, it's Segovia, Aldonia, Caldinia, Bablania. It's like, you guys, you can, you can yeah. use other, other sounds, but sure. No, cause that's just the way to keep it very, very white. <laughs> just make it sound eastern european of some kind Ooh, it just occurred to me a good way to make it weird would be if because i'm assuming like always in in these movies it's you know it's a tiny nation and i want them just like oh mm-hmm. no we went skiing or tobogganing in this case like oh no we accidentally crossed the border because it's somewhere on this hill and now there's a war oh that would be great <laughs> yes yeah, spark spark an international <laughs> it's just like i skied uh, four an, feet too far yep an international incident via skiing um all right, so uh, so yeah, so Amber is the, her character. So she's which I'm, I was actually surprised. I thought her name would be like Holly, or Mary, or Noel, or you know, Noel or something. But no, it's Amber. So uh, she she gets sent on an assignment to cover a story about this playboy prince who refuses to take the throne in this small country. Uh, so she flies out there and immediately gets in a little. Um, sparring match with a dude in a very fake beard mm-hmm. who is hurriedly getting into stealing her taxi and uh, which also why did she need a taxi because two seconds later she's in this like chartered van for all the journalists yeah it none of this movie makes sense julia i know that's the point he could have she could <laughs> he could have stolen the last like baggage cart yeah something but they have they have a meet cute, but she doesn't even know it's a meet cute because he's in disguise, and there's all these journalists who are waiting for the prince. It's a meet rude. It's a meet rude. I like that. So she shows up to the uh, to the castle, and uh, it was like, oh, I'm a journalist. I'm going to snoop around. That's when she gets mistaken for Princess Emily's tutor. Oh, you're American the American tutor. tutor. Like any yeah, royal I'm... would ever hire an American to do anything. 
Right. And also, that's not how it works. Like, if you were a princess and you found a woman snooping around in your house, you wouldn't just go, oh, you must be my tutor. It's not even the princess. It's, it's like is. some sort of official right, yeah. operator of the castle. I don't know what you would call it. A lady butler who's like, oh, you must be like, no, no, you would have, you know, pictures, fingerprints, DNA samples and everything. For. So yeah, uh, Emily starts off as this like. <gasps> I just realized. Sorry, kid I realized that Emily, Emily, in my head, I was also thinking of Veruca Salt, and like, because she also has like a red oh, dress yeah. with white trimming. You want her to be like, yes, yes. and she is that for like three minutes, mm-hmm. and then it's like, you know, she tries like prank her, or, you know, kind of like make her make make Amber's life miserable. But then she's like, oh, you're nice to me. You're not mean to me because I'm in a wheelchair. And I'm like, what tutors have you been having? Like, <laughs> um, so uh, they become like besties. I will say one thing that I really, really, really like about this movie is that Emily finds out so soon because otherwise mm-hmm. it would be a huge betrayal against Emily, who has this like one person mm-hmm. that she can talk to who's safe. So, like, doing the little twist of Emily finds out, and then she's like, nah, I want you here. I want I want to bake cookies. So, it's like this tiny little blackmail, yeah. and it means that they're in cahoots, but that means that Emily doesn't get betrayed at the end. And I really – like, that's such a good tiny little that's detail to have in there, to have this kid doesn't suddenly lose. Because – being the the prince feeling betrayed for four minutes or whatever, that's fine. I don't care. He's an adult. Um, but Emily gets to yeah. be in on the scheme. And I just I think that's a really, really nice touch. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. But yeah, so uh we, we meet Richard and he, and uh you know, we realize that the whole Playboy schmoozing and boozing and you know, carousing persona is just a put on um because he is he doesn't want to take the throne uh and his cousin who i'm blanking on his name um it's not pierre but it could be pierre i think it's simon cousin simon Ooh, yes that's right um simon uh i want to make a simon says joke uh simon says he wants the throne because he does want the throne And, and and he also wants Richard's cousin, and I'm assuming both of their ex- cousins, sort of, and ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Who wants so him like back, The, the sort prince's of. ex-girlfriend, who's also kind of scheming and, and evil, and then there's Simon, who's, like, very clearly kind of scheming. They're basically the Baron and Baroness from from the Princess Diaries movies, who are like, if you don't, ho, 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 uh, we shall receive the throne, ho, ho, ho. That's... <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> This is a this is a cultural blind spot for me. Well, we'll, we'll um, get there. I know, I know that Julie Andrews is in them, mm-hmm. but uh, so yes. Yeah, so Emily finds out that Amber is not really the tutor; that she is actually an American journalist sent to write a story about Richard. And she's like, "I'll keep your secret, but you have to write a story about how good he is and kind of not clear his name, but effectively just like just like do, show do the, the whole story. He's not a a louse." Yeah, do the real story. And so they, of course, they go on a horseback ride through the woods, um, where they are attacked by wolves and full Beauty and the Beast style. Very I was scary. I just about to um, say that. 
yeah, very scary snowy woods, wolves, which are really, I think they're just huskies. <laughs> I think it's just some, you know, the, the producers. I fully, I fully imagine it, it also where they're like, we have to have a brief shot because, you know, in, in a lot of movies, I think this was especially the case in, in Game of Thrones where they have to edit out the wolves' tails because the wolfhounds, the dog dogs, are like, yay, I'm playing. It's fun. I'm doing so my happy. job. And they're like waving their tails even when they're growling because they're play yeah. acting. <laughs> so you have to like CGI, yeah. CGI them angry tails. And they probably didn't have the budget for that here. So they're like, wolf, don't look over there. It's not. The, it's a wolf. We promise. Yeah. There's like literally like a, a second and a half shot of a dog that could maybe be a wolf. It's <laughs> like, and that was the threat. They end up going to the king's old cabin in the woods where it's also really funny that there's no there's no like tiny crumb dropped earlier that like she used to ride horseback when she was a kid, like twice she got on a pony at a circus because like she gets on this like really big quarter horse and is like, I can do this and like okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and of course he's been riding his whole life, I'm sure. Uh yeah, they they, they go to the cabin and they find a poem. So they go to the cabin. He reads, yeah, he reads a poem that his dad wrote. And then she, she digs around and finds a letter that says that he's adopted. Which like, why would you have dun, important dun, papers dun. in like, oh, it's a hidden thing. Anyway. A hidden drawer in a cabin in the woods. I mean, it's just all very strange. She's about to tell Richard and then he smooches her. So she's like, oh, I can't tell him because I'm in love with him. And, um, and while this is and, all going on. She is taking the weirdest notes for her story. Like, yes. we keep getting to see them. And I'm like, yes. don't show them to us. Just have her, like, talking into talking to her laptop and to her friends on FaceTime. But those notes where I'm like, what do you... Maybe there's a reason the editor doesn't send you out on actual stories. Do you want to maybe just, yeah. you know... And again, yeah, like, I... you're I've, not I've, a good journalist. I... With so many of these movies, I have to, you know, suspend my 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 professional frustrations. But I'm like, guys, tiny effort. Could we could we just? It's like you know when someone has to write an amazing song or a poem or make a painting. The best way to do that is to never actually have anyone hear or see it, like in the movie. Yes, like everyone just hears yeah. it and goes, "Oh, that's great," but we as the viewer never get to hear. Well, it it it, it always reminds me of like. Uh, 30 Rock, mm -hmm. where you don't see a whole lot of the show they're making, but what you do see is absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. And that's the joke. Yeah. Is that it is so bad. It's like the opposite of that. It's like, oh, don't tell me she's a great journalist and then show me her garbage work. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, so she's, she's taking notes. She's, uh, walking around and smooching with the prince, falling in love with him. His cousin and his ex-girlfriend are snooping around in her room and they figure out that she is not the tutor. She is a journalist and they find the adoption, adoption letters. And where I'm immediately like, guys, did you not watch that Queen Latifah movie? At least have the servants get it for you. Bribe someone. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it yourself. You're royalty, essentially. So the ex-girlfriend, uh, on Christmas Eve at the, at the, at the ball or at the party that they're having, the ex-girlfriend shows everyone that he's adopted, which I'm like, ooh, that's really brutal. Um, and tells everyone that, uh, Amber is a journalist, not the tutor. 
Uh, and Simon's like, that means I'm next in line for the throne. Then the queen, oh, then of course there's a little, a little, there's a little drama between Amber and the prince. <laughs> and he's like, I feel so, I feel so alone. I feel so betrayed. Then the queen tells, uh, Richard that, uh, she adopted him after she found out that she couldn't have kids. And that then that's where we kind of discover that, you know, Emily was like the, the miracle child, but they always, they always thought of him as their son. They raised him as their son, blah, 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 blah. So Simon and the ex-girlfriend get married because now they're going to be king and queen together. Um, and I think there's, they, they made up some rule like he needs a queen to be a king, something like that. It's too much plot for this late in the movie. I was really pissed at the whole, like, oh, girls can't inherit thing. But, I mean, that's a plot point that it's supposed to be stupid. Yeah. But it's like, it only now did it occur to me, what would they have done if Emily had been born a boy? Oh, then she, oh. Would she be next in line? She would be next in line. But, I mean, like, it just before all of this comes out, like, when Emily is born and is instead an Eric, would they be like, oh, yeah. well, now we have a real blood son? Would he have, like, met an oh, yeah. untimely then, demise? Then... Would they still have seen him always as the real son or would that's a much darker movie (laughs) well because also like royals i mean being brought up royal is my dad always used to say that the main argument the biggest argument against monarchy is that it would save children a royal upbringing because that shit fucks you up so i could see the dad being like i love him immensely but something i can't fight all the training of like royal blood is the most important thing right yeah okay keep going yeah this movie has a lot of dark, dark veers it could go. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, so Richard decides he's going to try to stop Simon and he's going to become the king and or whatever. And then Amber remembers the poem and she's like, I know how to I know how to prove that you are the king. And she like deciphers the poem that leads her to a Christmas ornament where hidden in the Christmas ornament is... Uh, a, a little like announce a decree by the king <laughs> that says Richard can be king even though he's adopted. I, I mean, it's just like, oh, it's just so weird. And um, here is so, again, because here is where I'm like, this is one of my many fixes for this movie. Why could he not write in that and girls can inherit the throne? Or why did he put it in a Christmas ornament? I don't know. I think it was supposed to be like, oh, it's going to be a great surprise. We're going to open it on Christmas morning. And I'm like, maybe you should tell him he's adopted before he opens that. But anyway, but my point is like, in case Richard doesn't want to be king, well, then the next in mm-hmm. line is the the next child. Because it's like a lot of places you need, you know, some sort of governatorial, like a one of the branches of government has to pass, like to change the whatever, whatever. But that would then also be the case for Richard to be able to be king. Like, I don't even need Emily to become queen. I just need the dad to acknowledge that it's shitty. And if he can make a decree to just change the line yeah. of succession, he could also be like, and also, if he doesn't want to or dies, then Emily is next in line, right? Yeah. Because that's that's a much much better solution than Simon. Although, yet another one of my fixes. Sorry, because they they, they fix it and she flies home and then Richard comes and gets her and proposes to her. Yeah, and they they smooch on New Year's Eve. Which And I wish it would have been an acorn-shaped diamond. Why is it not an acorn-shaped diamond? Why acorn? 
because the 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 Christmas ornament is an acorn that the dad oh, carves. Uh, yes, and yes. we even find out in a night yes. before Christmas that uh, what's her face's dad has a traditional Aldonian acorn that they put on the tree. So it's like a big deal. I'm like, why is it not an acorn shaped <laughs> diamond? Anyway, and they kiss and everything is yes. great. Okay, yes. So one of my other fixes is like the only thing we know against Simon is that he is not Richard and he wants to be king. Yeah. There's never anything. It's like, oh, he has dark hair. It's not like he's He has dark like... hair. That is unacceptable. You know, like, yeah. we just know that, like, oh, they don't want him to be king. But, like, it's give not like him... he's going to start a race war when he becomes king. But also <laughs> just, like, like give, him, give him any properties. Like, is he a wastrel? Does he mm-hmm. want all the money because he wants to buy yachts? For this landlocked country. Like, what is bad about him? Does he want, does he want, you know, to take over all the power and like make this an absolute violent monarchy? Does he, does he sing off key? Give him any properties that are not, he's not Richard. You know? And kind of the same with the ex-girlfriend where it's like, she's like, Richard, I want you back. We have no way of knowing if she wants him back or if she just wants money and power. And then when she goes to Simon... Is it because she's, you know, an evil witch who wants money or is it just because she's super hurt that Richard doesn't want her? Because also, probably, she's also been trained her whole life to become basically a royal consort, right? None of this is like a normal life, even if we pretend that any of it is reasonable. Right. Give these two give these two personalities so that we know how to feel about them in a way that is not just like... You know, I am an 11-year-old child and this is my possible stepmother, right? Because that's basically all we see is, like, they, they they are bad because he has black hair and that means he's the bad guy. Well, I think what you're getting at is, like, the to me, like, the, the biggest problem with this whole movie is it has, you know, you, you talk a lot about how, like, movies as, like, food. This has <laughs> no seasoning. This, this is marshmallow is like, fluff. It's not even marshmallow fluff because marshmallow fluff tastes good. This is just like I cooked a chicken breast and a tomato <laughs> and uh, and a this piece white of celery. Thanksgiving. And I put nothing on any of it. Here, enjoy my meal. <laughs> it's like there's nothing. There's no distinguishing flavors or texture or anything. It, you know what it is? It's oatmeal it's a bowl of oatmeal but just oats and water and none of the other good stuff <laughs> all it's, right okay it is just so it's so incredibly bland and the characters have no personality so here's i, I don't feel like we have to go again kind of like last time we don't have to like sort of go through our normal things because we've touched on basically everything do you have a favorite character is it emily I mean, it's, I mean, probably by default, but <laughs> even then it's like, she's the accidental, like, speck of salt that fell into the dish. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I, I tasted something. Somebody didn't wash this plate properly from the previous meal, and suddenly there's a chili flake Yeah, in exactly. My she's like a leftover from a first draft of another script that, like, <laughs> somehow kind of gave this, gave this one some character. But yeah. Other than that, no. So here's what's funny. Because on Rotten Tomato, I will say this is a 5.8 on IMDb. On Rotten Tomatoes, this has a 47% fresh rating from audiences and a 73% fresh rating from critics. And you know what? What? You know what? 
I could give this movie an eight because <gasps> for me, it's marshmallow fluff. Like I don't, okay. I don't want too much of it on its own. Like this does need some like, you know, Rice Krispie treats or something to give it any kind of like, you know, chewability. It is so bland and inoffensive, but it is, I I still think parts of it are, it's a very like follow the recipe kind of movie. It's classic like chick lit romance novel made into a movie. Yeah. And some people will do that even worse. Like you'll be like, you had the recipe you had all the, all the, I don't know what goes into marshmallow fluff. I'm not sure I want to know. But you couldn't, like, you you don't get it. It's that thing of, like, do you love the genre or not? And I feel like when you've made Every Day is Christmas, Christmas Camp, and Rediscovering Christmas, you at least, like, you you know what the beats are. And because it has these little things of, like, well, they make sure that Emily isn't betrayed. And, you know, like, they actually get to, like, they have, it could be made better in a lot of ways, some of which we've already brought up. One of which would have been to make a different movie. <laughs> but yeah. just something about it was like it didn't give me quite the same level of like oh I like this as Night Before Christmas but something about it just made me happy like it was it was absolutely oatmeal but I think it was oatmeal with a little bit of butter and like maybe I was hungover and didn't want too much flavor to upset my stomach I don't know alright alright but I'm assuming um... out of 10 acorns you give this like a four oh i mean i this is hard right because it's not an offensively bad movie like we've watched some movies that are like actively bad and mm-hmm. like i this I is this is marshmallow there. fluff poured into a teflon pan yeah it's just so bland i mean I, yeah i think to me it's like it's a four it barely like scratches any kind of christmas itch for me it's got like some decor and like it, it yes, could it absolutely takes... be set at any time of year and there's no reason it's christmas um kind of like it the... would be really funny it was like he has to get on the throne by pentecost <laughs> by <laughs> boxing day like... <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah. Okay. It, so it is, yeah. <laughs> so some of my fixes again are like make make Simon and the ex girlfriend be worse. Make, have them be worse options. You know, like because really it's like okay, so we're supposed to care. We don't. And then also like have the dad make girls be able to inherit the throne and then rich is like i don't want to be king or it's like well he's adopted and decree can't change that but emily is now um queen and he can be prince regent and he can like help her and um uh, and amber can actually learn about that no but like she can you know tutor them both i'm assuming about like current events and about journalism she has you know and once she hits 21 she can become queen, but then, like, they still get to be royals, but get the good parts of being royals in that they're not king and queen, which probably sucks. Mm-hmm. And I just think that would be a fun, fun alternative. Also, therapy. Therapy for everyone. Please. Ther- please. Please, please, yeah. please. For the oh, mom, absolutely. for Richard, for, you know. Yeah. And it's also funny because, like, we mentioned that Amber has lost her mom, and we don't know if she's dealt with that. So I'm assuming therapy for no, her every- as well. Yeah, everyone. Top to bottom. Get everyone and also, it. I really like the idea of her dad's diner getting franchised in, in Eldonia. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, my would fix, you, how would you fix this movie? My fix is, is 
uh, real simple. Um, I get a time machine. No. Um, it's, uh, (laughs) maybe that should be a newer rule. We can't say they should just talk to each other. We also say we can't go back in time and kill Hitler slash and stop this movie from making. Um, no, I think probably, uh, my, my fix is to me, the, the romance, all the romance of it, all of it is just so bleh. But I think the one fix is that like the big twist ending would be Emily takes the throne. I, to me, that, mm-hmm. that, that makes the most sense. That fits with the movie that allows our couple to live their, their romantic fantasy dreams. And, you know, it does all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, to, to me, it's also like, I don't really care about fixing this movie. <laughs> also, we can then have a discussion about accessibility. Cause I was very glad that they yeah. showed us that there's elevators in that castle. Um, but like the throne is up a few steps, I think, to get to. That's mm-hmm. not good. Cause you can't have somebody like, I mean, she, she, she can walk with crutches, but if, if she couldn't, you know, yeah, they need a ramp. Yeah. Anyway. So better-ish. For weirdness, I've already claimed a a few of international (laughs) incidents and such. But because Rose McIver is... Oh, and the McIver weirdness. Because Rose McIver is also an eye zombie. Oh, that's what she's from. And like the weirdness here is just so obvious. But you can take it a couple of different ways. Okay. Maybe. Because I'm like, because I can only see it like, I mean, this probably is her real hair. And I know that in iZombie, when the character is wearing a wig, that's actually Rose McIver's actual hair, which I think is funny. Oh, that's funny. But like, I could only see it as like, well, this is, you know, her accidentally going undercover. So I'm like, okay, so are they going to have the discussion about like, well, should she scratch Emily to heal her? Because that's, you know, a big plot point, like they heal sick kids. Mm-hmm. But then also like, well, some people with spina bifida are like, I don't need healing. I'm I'm fine the way I am. And also, should they, they, should they then wait until she's of age? Because I think the zombies don't age. So it's like this very interesting question of like, A, does she feel she needs fixing? Because that's not a given. Mm-hmm. But then also just like... When in the plot line of I, a Zombie is this? Is this before the outbreak? Or, like, does she have to go down to the kitchen and be like, so I need brains for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's for science that I'm going to be doing with Princess Emily. And also, what other crimes would she be solving while eating the brains <laughs> of random? I'm assuming also, like, in a royal castle... You, you would get brains just like no question. But also, yeah. also, also, oh, like yeah. on the fifth hand, this is a very small nation. They're going to notice. Like, is that what the orphanage is? Like, do they kill the children oh. and get their brains? But also, this is a tiny nation. How many orphans? Anyway, so there's a lot of stages of this very weird eye zombie weirdness, but it is very funny in my I brain. Like it. I like it. How do, I like it. How do you make this weird? Um, I have two ways. One is a little Christmas prince where the prince is just the little prince from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry's <gasps> novels. And that is what oh, he does when he's oh. off gallivanting. He like travels these tiny is little planets, hang out with a little fox and a, a fox? little rose. Instead uh, of a wolf, he hangs oh, out with the fox. Yes, they're <gasps> in the woods and the, and she thinks she's being attacked by a, a wolf, but it's really just his fox friend. 
And then they, the poem, then, because that's when all the revelations happen, the cabin, the poem, everything. But then they go to space. And they're off gallivanting Then they in go space, to space. And they have cri- space and cri- I like it. Christmas in space. I, I love everything On a about planet this. where just, yes. like, on one side of the planet is an entire tree. And then you just walk around it, and then you're on the other side of the tree. Because all the planets are so Which tiny. Which would be, makes just about as much sense as the rest of this movie what's yeah. your what's your other fix weird my other my other fix is um an artist formerly known as christmas prince and it's um <laughs> you just take AJ. footage of the prince AJ. and replace all the all the scenes with the prince in it you know what it is what it is it's purple rain r-e-i-g-n purple rain oh my god we did it we did it we did it (laughs) yes this is is, so this is is a christmas prince colon purple r-e-i-g-n yes i i think i may have to photoshop this poster oh my god i'm all about it (laughs) okay did we did we learn anything from this movie um i learned that not all christmas fluff is for me and that's okay that's okay it is but if it's in space and with zombies, and with which is a holographic prince, all of the weirdnesses you need, absolutely. Um, so we, I think we we maybe wanted to maybe do another Christmas movie, but we can I do think it. We, we can maybe do it. We should can just it. enjoy Christmas. We can do it. All I right. We well, next it. week we'll be talking about love. Actually, yeah, we can do it. I believe in us. Where people die. Okay, no, not next week, but next episode. Yeah, we'll next be talking episode. about love, actually. Ooh, I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> you can find our show notes. I have told you, right, that my bachelor's thesis was called Love Factually. Yes, yes. I cannot yes. wait. I cannot wait. You can find our show notes uh, at theincomparable.com slash chicklickfix. Uh, we're chicklickfix on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we'd love it when you give us ratings and reviews where you do your listening stuff. If you're not subscribed, then you should subscribe. And you should also check out our friends over at Agents of Smooch because they both have talked about lots of Christmas movies and are talking about cozy stuff like knitting and Christmas and things. (laughs) And I guessed an episode about uh, Crimson Peak where I also went way too deep into what I think is logical. Uh, We'll be back. uh, You mean about bleeding bleeding walls? Yes. Ooh, zombie. Okay, never mind. (laughs) We'll be back. See you then. Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ.